Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Now, the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter on 1010XL. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Here are your hosts, Ryan the Hacker Green and Leon Searcy. Jack starts with their 38. They go left to right here. Inside handoff, Travis Etienne. He's in the open field, 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Travis Etienne. Frank Frangie on the call, Jaguars Radio, and with that, a very good Sunday evening to you, Jacksonville, and a happy new year. It is the window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Barry and Barry Orthopedics Live. Perfect. Rack Billiards on Edgewood and Murray Hill as the Jacksonville Jaguars have Mm. now won four games in a row. They have won five out of six. They are back to 500 on the year, and now it all comes down to next week, Titans-Jaguars for the AFC South Division Championship with the Pro Bowler Leon Searcy and the head coach Dave Campo, the hacker Ryan Green with you. And Leon, we have made it, and I'll tell you this, that was a Houston team today that beat Tennessee last week. That was a Houston team today that took Kansas City to overtime. And that was a Houston team today that three weeks ago had Dallas beat in Dallas in the fourth quarter. I understand their record, but they had been playing well. Jacksonville wipes the floor with that Houston Texan team today. Just an absolutely dominating performance. Yeah, that Texan team was... I know you just gave all the accolades of who they played well and who they played tight. They were horrible. They beat Tennessee absolutely, five days ago. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. We're supposed to be teams like that. This is the new mindset here in J-Ville, in Duval, all right? We beat the teams we're supposed to be. I know everybody was a little worried that we might be overthinking. Not overthinking, but looking ahead to the Titans and thinking about sitting our guys because everybody's like, this game doesn't really mean much. If we win or lose or whatever, the game is, no, you keep the momentum going. I like what Doug Peterson did. He kept the starters in at least, what, Coach, about two and a half quarters or something like that? Yeah, you know. Yeah, he kept them about two and a half quarters. Got, you know, you know, got engaged in the game. Defense played well. Offense played well. Um, you want to keep the momentum going. You, and you've got a nice little streak going. And the hot teams play – hot teams going into January, like we're one of them. Uh, I'm glad he did what he did. I can tell you this, Coach. This probably comes as a shock to the Houston media because even the Texans are terrible. I mean, their record's terrible. Terrible. But they did win in Nashville last week. They did take Kansas City to overtime. They were playing better – and then to lose 31-3 on a day where I don't think Jacksonville played nearly their best game. Just a testament to the Jaguars and the effort put forth today. Well, there's no question that uh, I think the people in Houston felt that the team was, you know, making improvement. And they were, uh, you know, I think Lovey had everybody convinced that they were going to take the next two ball games and try to, you know, win the division as far as uh, finishing three I would three one and one. They would have been four, they would have had four division wins if they won yeah, today and yeah, next yeah. week. And and so you know I, I I think it caught everybody by surprise, but the Detroit game caught us by surprise. 
You never know in this NFL. You know, I've been in it. I was in it for 23 years. Leon, you were in it for a bunch of years. Any game comes down to how you play that day, and I think Doug has got our team convinced that it's how you play that day, whether or not you're going to be successful or not. And I'll tell you what's funny, Leon, and not to put words in your mouth, but you came in here today and you said, you know, I don't think Trevor played his best game, and I agree with you. No, he didn't. Trevor was 17 of 21. Now, he had the pick, but he had 80% completion percentage, and I think we're all in agreement that he could have played better today. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was was some of the stuff that we saw probably early on in the season that was concerning to me. uh, the little touch passes, the little open passes, the the one that he had on the bootleg when he had the guy right there, he, he kind of overthrew him. That kind of stuff. I don't know what it was, but uh, in saying all that, and I'm being I'm getting particular here, you know, with Trevor Lawrence because I want him to keep shining the way he's been shining the last couple of weeks, especially going into the playoffs. Um, those are little tidbits, and I'm sure Doug Peterson is going to he's going to reference that when he gets to the film room on some of those miscues, but. Overall, I mean, just offensively, the way we moved the ball, the way we protected, the way we passed, the way we ran the ball, I think we did well. Let me ask both you guys. You say all the right things during the week. Doug Peterson as the head coach, Coach Campo, he said all the right things. Leon, the players, said all the right things. They're human, right? How happy are they to get by Houston and now all the focus goes to Tennessee? Well, I think there's there's no question that that they did. I was told – by the by some people that he uh doug actually emphasized the fact that houston had beaten us down there for you know beating us nine games in a row or whatever so there was a little bit of a chip on our shoulders and i think early with with uh trevor the ones he missed he missed high and and that tells me that he was just a little juiced up a little over anxious early in the ball game and then i think the receiver busted the the uh interception so, you know, I, he didn't play his best game. Yeah. But, you know, he still was eight for whatever. He was still 80%. Yeah, 17 percent. of 21. Well, you, got, you also got to understand this, uh, Hacker, that we've been exercising a lot of demons this year. All right? Doug Peterson has got this team thinking a, uh, thinking a new way. The old way, the old guard, the old way of thinking is out the door. We went on the West Coast. We beat Tennessee in, t- in, in Tennessee. We beat the NFC team. We stopped the streak with the Houston Texans. Doug Peterson saying whatever we did in the past doesn't matter. What is what's important is the here and now, and that next step. We had to listen. We had to scratch, bite, fight, cuss, fuss to scrap our way to get to 500. You remember when we was what sitting here at two and six, three and seven? We're looking at the record, the rest of the schedule, and we saying to ourselves, "This team, how's this team going to win another game?" And it came mostly after after how we played at Detroit. And we're saying, how are they going to beat Dallas? How are they going to beat the Ravens? And here we are. Here we are right now at the point where we're 500. I'll say this. If you ask me what our biggest acquisition was in the offseason, it's Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because what they, the staff has done, and I, I'm, I'm including the staff now when I say Doug Peterson, they've convinced, they, they convinced our guys that we can beat anybody. And that's why they're playing as well as they're playing. And, Coach, that's a scary team. Like, if you got a team, a young team, that's believing, yep. they can beat anybody. And I'm not saying this team's going to win the Super Bowl. But what I'm saying to you is moving forward, beating the, te- beating the t- Titans, getting the host in the playoff game, I'm just saying not too many teams are going to want to see us 
come January because it's going to be a fist fight to the end. No, there's no question about that. Phone lines open, Jacksonville. 641-1010 is the phone number. If you want to get involved here on the fifth quarter, you are more than welcome to do so. We sat here in this very spot at Perfect Rack Billiards after the team beat Baltimore. And they went for two to win, and then Justin Tucker had the the 67-yarder that came up short. And Leon, as a Sports Talk radio host, Sports Talk show, we pointed out the similarities. 96-year run started against Baltimore. 22 here, they beat Baltimore on that day. But I simply pointed it out for the coincidence of it. Honestly, I never in my wildest imagination thought we would be sitting here five weeks later, six weeks later, and they've they've done it. They've matched what you guys did in 1996. The playoffs have begun. The Jaguars haven't officially, quote-unquote, made the playoffs. Next Sunday or Saturday, whenever that game is, that is a playoff game. So the playoffs have officially begun in Duval County from 3-7 and seven to the playoffs. Absolutely incredible. Well, the things, what's the similarities between this team and what we did in 1996, the more games we won, the, the, the streak that we had, the more confidence we got. We were the hot team rolling into the playoffs. We didn't care that we had to play Buffalo. We had enough confidence in our system. We felt that we could go. Now, this team might be hosting a playoff game. We had to go on the road the first two weeks to play. So this team is going to get the luxury of playing their first playoff game maybe at home, you know, so that might be a clear advantage to us. And then the next week you might have to go on the road. So let's see what happens. But the more games you win, the more you you stay in games, you give yourself an opportunity in the fourth quarter to win because all those wins we won against Buffalo and Denver came into the fourth quarter where we, we ultimately won the game. I know Leon Coach has got a whole different perspective because he played in those games in 1999. But I got to tell you, and I don't want to be the negative guy. Tonight's a night to celebrate. And maybe there's just maybe it's the logo. There's a lot of people that think that Tennessee game's already been played. There's a lot of people thinking, oh, we're going to the playoffs. We're division champions. We're going to wipe the floor with Tennessee. And rightfully so. Hey, that Titan team, they're going to be ready next Sunday. And I'm just saying – be careful. Pump the brakes a little bit. What? If you play your game, you'll beat them. Exactly. Play your game, you'll beat them. But it was four weeks ago, Derrick Henry had 100 yards rushing in the first quarter. Okay. Tennessee turned the ball over four times, and that's why Jacksonville was able to come from behind because they were down 14-7. Well, you remember this now. They turned the ball over four times. It's not like they handed the ball to us. We had a lot to do with Agreed. It. Agreed. I'm just saying there's a lot of people that think that game's already been played, Coach. Need to be careful about that. Well, of course. And, and uh, to be honest with you, I think what uh, Leon is really talking about is the confidence of that football team. We're not playing the game. I'm looking at it mm-hmm. from 23 years' experience from the standpoint that every game, I've said it from day the, when I first saw them early in the year, I said, we're going to be in every ball game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, you know, you guys go back to 96. I'm going back to the Cowboys, as I've said many times before, when we were 3-7 and seven and won four in a row, and then we lost the last two because Aikman got hurt. We end up missing the playoffs by a missed field goal the next year. That's when things really get going. This team's ahead of that. They've got an opportunity to take care of their own business and not worry about who they're, who's 
someone else going to do it for us this weekend, and I like that battle. Now, don't get me wrong, Hack. I'm not insinuating that this team should be overconfident going into the game Sunday or Saturday whenever they play. But I'm just saying that But the way we've been playing, the way we've been executing on both sides of the ball, I feel confident if they play the way they play offensively and defensively, the way they've been playing for the next four, last four weeks, five weeks, they should easily handle the Titans come next week. And, look, we'll recap the Houston game, but we're going to do a lot of looking forward. I mean, it's all about the Titans now. This team here in Jacksonville, yeah, coaches all his notes. <laughs> this team here in Jacksonville does not have a lot of guys that have been in a win-or-go-home scenario in the NFL. Now they got like Trevor and Travis were in the national championship game in college. Trayvon Walker last year, the national title game in college. They've played in some big games, but if you start thinking about the numbers, I think Christian Kirk has been in the playoffs, Sheriff's been in, Zay Jones has been in, and that's about it on offense. Defensively, it's a lot of the same. A lot of guys just have not been in a win-or-go-home scenario. Tennessee, as bad as they are, they were the division champions in the playoffs last year. Is that just media guy like myself no. talking, or is there something to that? Well, there's something to it from the standpoint that, you know, a champion is a champion until they're not. So, you know, when uh, when they come in here, if, they, if I'm with you from the standpoint, if we think they're going to lay down and we're going to kick their ass because <laughs> – Excuse my language. I'm a coach there. Excuse my language. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kick their butt because, because they've got some injured players and, and, and this and that, and they're, they're struggling right now. The game is going to be played next whatever day it is, Saturday, Sunday, night. You've got to play. And, and I think the one thing we have, though, is I think our guys believe that they can beat anybody on that day, and then they have to they have to. Put up or shut up. It's, you know, either way. I totally agree with Coach. I mean, this team last year was the number one seed in the AFC, mm-hmm. all right? So they've got a great deal of pride. Now they've got the quarterback injury. They've got a bunch of guys on IR, all right? So as a Jaguar team that's, that's on the verge of going into the playoffs, you've got to keep your foot on the gas because this team has a lot of pride. They're not going to roll over. They're not going to just hand you the division on the silver platter, you're going to have to take it. So it's going to be a fist fight. It's going to be a brawl. The Titans have known to be bullies. They're the bullies on the block. So you want to play bully ball to get them. Because if, I, if, I, if I'm the Tennessee Titans, if I'm Mike Vrabel, I'm telling Derrick Henry you're getting 35 carries. All right? You're getting 35 carries, and we're going to play roughneck football until the game is over. And this, and this team is going to have to figure a way to stop Derrick Henry and to control the game. So, hey, you gonna have you gonna have to strap up. You gonna have to strap up. Let's buckle it up. Buckle it up. Let's buckle and it look, up. And look, an understanding that it's been Zach Wilson, the Geico caveman, whoever that beastly figure was last week, as the Jets backup Strevler, and then you had Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll today. So it's not exactly been Troy Aikman or Joe Montana out there, but it's eight quarters where the Jaguar defense has not allowed a touchdown. I can't even begin to imagine when the last time the Jaguar defense went eight quarters without allowing a touchdown. Coach, is the defense playing their best ball of the year right now? Yeah, I think they're playing. I, you know, they're, they're, they've got a turnover mentality, which I think is really important. It'll be important in this game. It was in the last Tennessee game. You know, they're playing, they're playing okay, and, and just remember this. It does, any quarterback in the National Football League is capable on any given play of making a play that can beat you. 
It's not just, you know, those guys are all the best that there is in the world. So, you know, you got to go into the ball game with the idea that we've got to play our best football game, mm-hmm. and that's the win-or-go-home mentality. Hey, Denmark, I know we're going to do it early, but let's knock it out right now because I want to talk about this guy. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you an offensive player of the game. That player of the game is brought to you by Universal Roof. Here he is right now, the Universal Roof offensive player of the game. Universal Roof and Contracting presents the offensive player of the game. Universal Roof and Contracting. The difference is universal. 140 yards from scrimmage, including a 62-yard touchdown run. Not bad for one half of football. That is what Travis Etienne did today. Leon Searcy, he was great for a while. Then he had kind of a lull for a few weeks there. But in the last couple of games, Etienne looks like he has found whatever well, he had early in the year. Well, he's booking it at the right time, right? Right at the right time while we're going into the playoffs. He's having sensational games. He has outstanding speed. Uh, yeah, him and Trevor Lawrence is going to be a nice little combo moving forward in the future. I think Leon said it last week about not only is it uh, is it big that the, the running back at the end is doing well, but the blocking – you know, that's what you're talking about with this team. The one he popped, the uh, the blocking at the point of attack with the two receivers, yeah. 13 and 7, was perfect. You know, and, and that's what mm-hmm. you have to have. And it was a screen pass last week that was really big in the game where they were blocking downfield. You know, this team believes. ETN on the doorstep of 1,100 yards rushing this year. The Jaguars are winners, 31 Three over the Houston Texans. That breaks the Texans' nine-game winning streak in the series. The Jaguars are now 8-8. Eight and eight, And now it's all about refreshing social media. We will probably find out no later than tomorrow afternoon. I would think at some point, probably tonight, the NFL is going to come out. The NFL is in a funny spot. The other game that might get flexed next week is Baltimore and Cincinnati. But both of those teams are already in the playoffs. That might be for the division, but both teams are already in. The problem is Cincinnati doesn't play till tomorrow night. The NFL can't wait that long. you got to tell Tennessee and Jacksonville what you're doing. The options are Saturday at 8 o'clock on NFL Network, Sunday 8 o'clock on NBC, or maybe like the 425 national game with Nance and Romo on CBS. So it's going to be more than likely one of those three spots. I'd be stunned if the game remains at 1 o'clock. You're not going to have a division championship game at 1 o'clock on the Mm -hmm. final Sunday of the year. Yeah, it's not going to be at 1 o'clock. So you're right there. I mean, just from experience with, you know, the the, the playoff teams that we had back in the day, you know, the good ones, uh, when there's a big ball game and it means something, it's not going to go at 1 o'clock. And it is the only game where the winner advances and the loser goes home. And I say that. The Jaguars are still alive for a wild card. Now, a lot of things would have to happen. I think Miami would have to lose next week. New England would have to lose next week. And the only way a wild card even comes into the scenario is if Jacksonville were to lose to Tennessee. So uh, more than likely, the winner advances, the loser goes home. We got a lot to do here with you, Jacksonville, with Leon Searcy and Dave Campo, the hacker Ryan Green with you live. Perfect Rack Billiards on Edgewood and Murray Hill, our home. For the fifth quarter all year long, we're with it at 8 o'clock. Come on out, say hello, and celebrate the new year and the first place Jacksonville Jaguars dominating over the Houston Texans. Your phone calls at 
1010. Coming up next here on 1010XO and 92.5 FM. The Window World of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Backfield, dropping throws, Davis Mills. Throws it out to the left side. That ball came out. That ball has come out there. Tyson Campbell picks it up. He's going to run it into the end zone for the touchdown. The ball popped out. Campbell picked it up, and he scores for Jacksonville. Frank Frangie on the call. Jaguars radio. Tyson Campbell with the fumble return for touchdown. That made it 21-0 Jacksonville, and they would never look back en route to a 31-3 victory today out in Houston. Speaking of the defensive performance, every week on the fifth quarter, we do give you a defensive player of the game. It's brought to you by Superior Fence and Rail. Denmark, let's do it now. The Superior Fence and Rail defensive player of the game. Jacksonville's building a fence along the goal line. This is the Superior Fence and Rail defensive player of the game. Superior Fence and Rail, where quality matters. Leon, there's a lot of guys this could have gone to, but I'm going to give this to a guy that's won this award several times. Foye Lucan. It's all over the place again today. Mm. Team leading nine tackles, a pass breakup. The guy absolutely tattooed Davis Mills on the sideline. Just a ferocious hit. Aluikin, dare I say, one of the best defensive free agents the Jaguars have added in a long time. I mean, he's every bit the impact player that Pazlozny or Mike Peterson were at the linebacker position as a free agent. Tip of the cap to Trent Balky to bring him in and Aluikin to live up to that contract he got this offseason. Well, listen, I call him the tempo setter, all right, because not only does he make a lot of tackles, but he, take, he makes a lot of booming tackles. And I'm telling you, on the defense side of the ball, when you make booming tackles, it lights up the whole defense. The defense gets fired up. He gets the guys in front of him jacked. He gets the linebackers, the secondary. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a tempo setter. He's, he's up and down the field. He's sideline to sideline, and he brings the boom when he has to. Coach, why is he so good? Well, number one, I think he's smart and he's athletic, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, he, he's one of the guys that can go sideline to sideline. He can run. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy that actually attacks the line of scrimmage better than the other linebackers do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's why, you know, you know, one thing that I've noticed in the last couple of ball games is that, uh, that uh, Mike Caldwell is, is bringing the linebackers a little bit more on at least one. And, and uh, he is good at that as well because he's got athletic ability. He's got speed. But the biggest thing to me is he's smart. And, and like uh, Leon said, he's a tempo, tempo builder. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that just looks like he likes to play, and he's going full speed all the time. Mm-hmm. With Dave Campo and Leon Searcy, the hacker Ryan Green with you. The fifth quarter here at Perfect Rack Billiards on Edgewood and Murray Hill. We're with you. Till 8 o'clock. 641-1010 is the phone number. If you want to get involved, you are more than welcome to do so. To the phone lines, we go for the first time tonight. Let's go to the west side. Let's get Troy in here on 1010XL. Troy, how we doing? Man, doing wonderful tonight. Uh, I apologize, guys, if I get all over the place, but there's a couple things. Been a fan since November 30th, 1993. I was on one of those three buses that went to the airport to meet Wayne Weaver and the group. Wow. 
But I've got to say, I've got to say thank you to Mr. Khan. This is probably the best decision he's ever made in his ownership. I've never been more optimistic about our team right now than after today. And all I'm hoping is that, Leon, this may sound familiar to you, but I'm just hoping that there's not a, let's just go down there and win a home, another home game. But, <laughs> um, like you guys keep saying, the team's peaking at the right time, all the national media saying this game doesn't mean anything. It does, because there's still a chance. And I'm thankful to Doug for treating it like that, because he knows it does mean something, because we still have a chance, even if, oh, God forbid, we lose next weekend. There is hey, still Troy, that I appreciate chance. the phone call, man. Thank you very much. And that is a big, a big talking point when we review this game. And, again, this Houston game will be reviewed pretty quickly. It's all about Tennessee really moving forward after tonight. But the game doesn't mean anything. It's meaningless. Everything's about next week. Doug Peterson's message all week was this game does mean something. And the Jaguars went on the road into another stadium and absolutely wiped the floor with another NFL team. That did show you a little something about the Jaguars today. That was my exercise in demons. I, you know, I tallied off how many, how much stuff that the Jaguars used to be affiliated with that Doug Peterson kind of just wi- kind of wiped off his board. And beating the, the Houston Texans, who had beaten us nine straight, was one of them. A lot of people was like, this game doesn't matter. You know, the, the big games against the Titans. No, every game matters for momentum, momentum-wise. You always, as Coach Campo will tell you, every game matters because there's, there's, there's teachable moments on in film that's going to help you that in the game, the game against the Texans that's going to help you for next week against the Titans. Anytime you can have a teachable moment on film where you can tell the guys what they did good, what they gave back, because you never stop teaching. You never can stop teaching. I don't care how, how many games they won. Coaches always want that extra film to reflect on what you did good, what you did bad, and how you can get better for the next week. You know, Coach, it's interesting. I think Peterson did the right thing in playing the guys. I would not have played Fadakasi and Walker. Those are the two I would have sat out. He played them. Doesn't look like they're any worse for the wear. They looked healthy leaving. But I thought Vrabel with Tennessee did the right thing for them. They're a veteran team. They're completely banged up. You sit at your guys out. They've been through the battles. They were in the playoffs last year. Even though two completely different philosophies between Vrabel and Peterson, I thought both guys, for their given situations, made the right call. Well, I think Vrabel doing the right thing from the standpoint that he doesn't have any momentum. It's all about this game. So for him, it was, like you said, they have veterans. But for them, it's let's get our best team healthy and ready to go and and go down there and give it our best effort because right now, you know, we don't have a lot of confidence. That's him thinking. With our team, it's completely different. Mm -hmm. This is a new team and a new uh, confidence. And every time you win, you build more confidence. And, uh, you know, I think it's a bad message if you tell somebody, look, this game doesn't mean anything. Let's let's go on from there. You know, with a team that's that's rolling, that's won six out of their last, uh, six and two out of the last eight. You know, uh, so I think they both 
did the right thing and the way they went about it. And the funniest thing about on the broadcast today, they said they asked uh, Doug. I thought that was hilarious. It, when the it, when twenty-eight he, to three. Yeah, thing. twenty-eight to yeah. three. You know, like, and then the twenty-eight three. That's when he made the change. I'll tell you this though, Leon. I could have gone without Trevor Lawrence being the lead blocker on the Jamal Agnew counter. I'm not sure about that in a uh, game where you need to get ready for the Titans next week. I don't need my star quarterback out there trying to be Tom Rathman as a lead blocker out there for Jamal Agnew. Well, if you were worried about that, what about when uh, Walker got Little got beat on that spin move? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. <laughs> that's right. what, that's hey, what listen, you want to get. When he nervous. got beat on that, listen, when he got beat on that spin move and he sacked Trevor, I thought about you. Yeah, I thought that you were in your in your house watching the game and saying out some superlatives. You, oh, I was. There's no doubt about that. I cannot repeat what I said. Now, um, that's a teaching moment for Walker Little. Yeah, the Titans are gonna see that. No, yeah. and they're probably gonna try to do the same thing next week. What does Walker Little need to do so that does not happen again? Well, Walker Little has a tendency to lean on guys. And if you're leaning on guys with your hands, defensive guys are taught with that lean, that spin move inside. So he's got to just learn to sit back and punch and trust it. Because he he does a pretty good job with his feet and his hands. But sometimes you get lazy, you get comfortable, you got a good lead, and you, you don't mentally, you don't lock into your technique as effectively as you were earlier on the game as you were later on the game when you're up so much. So he's got to be careful about that. Quickly, you're the best right tackle that's ever played here. You know my philosophy on offensive linemen. If I don't notice you, you're probably doing your job. means no penalties. You're not getting beat for sacks. I didn't notice Jawan Taylor today at all. Is he playing well? He is playing well. Uh, he's, he's, he's playing well. He's going he's gonna to continue to play well. And... He's going to make a lot. He's going to make a lot of money in free agency. It just won't be here, more than likely. Mark Walker Little will probably be the right tackle. Cam will be the left. But uh, he's been shining. He's been shining all year. Contract year. Uh, he'll be a viable tackle at some other team, unless the Jaguars can find. I don't. I can't see the Jaguars complimenting Jawan Taylor with the same money that Cam got. Uh, so more than likely, he's going to go somewhere else. Then he's a right tackle, and now he has the formula for success on how he should play. Moving forward, and I hope he has a promising career. Six four one ten ten to the west side. Let's get Belvis in here on the fifth quarter on ten ten XL. Belvis, go ahead. Hey guys, I got to give you a Molly Hatchet. Hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> man! Little. It's been so long, guys. It has been so long that it is just finally great. And I, I, I agree with that first caller. You know. The moves that have been made, there is no higher level of confidence. I mean, don't get me wrong, 2017, that was like a cup of water in the desert. But this feels like a sustained movement. Man, Doug Peterson's done a great job. And Trent Baalke has brought in some people that they seem like they're even keeled. They're not over the top. They're not, you know, down in the dumps. Anyway. Go Jaguars. Well, appreciate the phone call. Fans are fired up. And Trevor in the postgame was talking to CBS. And I ba- yeah, I'm paraphrasing here. He basically said, Jacksonville, we need you next Sunday at the bank. Playoff game. Winner gets the AFC South. 2017 was awesome. But 2017 never had the regular season environment like next Sunday is going to have. It is arguably, Coach Campo, the biggest home game the Jaguars have had. 
minimum in five years, maybe more like a decade plus. Yeah, that's a big game. I mean, if we don't have that place sold out for this one, then, then there's something wrong because, uh, you know, I mean, think back to when they were two and six, guys. I mean, you know, to me, they've already, I, you know, somebody will say I'm uh, wrong or whatever, but to me, they've already made the playoffs. This is a playoff game, mm -hmm. a playoff atmosphere. Everybody in the stands is going to be, it's going to be explosive for us. And, and uh, you know, I'm just excited that what, where this team is at for next year and the year after, not just where they're at today. Well, yeah, they're clearly a year ahead. I mean, yeah. you, you hate to say it's the hot fudge on the ice cream, it's the cherry on top, but anybody, and I do mean anybody, because I've heard people say, oh, I knew it all along. No, you didn't. No. At 3-7, and seven, no one no at 3-7 and seven thought the Jaguars, Titans in Week 18 was for the AFC South Championship. So this house money, whatever verbiage you want to use, that's what the Jaguars are in after the 3-7 and seven start. Listen, if you call yourself a Jaguar fan, and you're not jacked for next week against a, a team that just disgusts me, bro, quite <laughs> honestly. All right? A team that disgust, that's in the way. All right? And, and, and the fans think, listen, believe, believe this, fans. Your energy is important to us for a game like this. We need that energy to feed off of so we can dismantle this team and just go and get it over with. All right? You're, you're cheering. You're being there. Your positive energy. You, us seeing the, the stands feel, that means a lot to us players out there. Am I looking at my phone? Am I looking at any any electronic device right now? No. no. January 23rd, 2000 was one of the worst days of my football life in Section 432. I know the date like it was yesterday. January 23rd, 2000, when Kevin Dyson and Derek Mason did their thing and Steve McNair ran down to the one-yard line. Leon, I'm not trying to bring up horror stories. As I bad as you are. I believe you are. As bad as Leon felt playing the game, I'm in the upper deck. Just, it was horrible. It was horrible. And I'm not saying a win on Sunday will take away the worst loss in the history of the Jaguars, which was January 23rd, 2000. But, boy, it would really soften it a little bit if you win the division and knock Tennessee out in the process. The first time these guys have played a win-or-go-home scenario, Jaguars-Titans, since that fateful day in January in the year 2000. I love it. I have, you got me fired up, and we owe them. There's no we doubt. Do. There is no doubt. It is payback time in Jacksonville, Florida next week. 6-4-1-10-10. I'll tell you what. Let's squeeze Jonathan in out in Alabama. Been on hold forever. Jonathan, you're on the fifth quarter. What's going on? Happy New Year, guys. Same Happy to New you. Year. Duval. Indeed. Yes. I'm fired up for next week. I cannot wait. Offense played good uh, today, not great. Uh, defense played all right. Um, Trevor needs to play a little bit better next week, um, and then I think we'll have we'll have a pretty good shot at beating them. And uh, Riley Patterson hit a really good was that his career long field goal? It was 53 yards. Yep. Well, congratulations. I think he should be the special teams player of the game. And um, hope you all had a good new year, and I'll talk to you all next week. Hey, Jonathan, appreciate Thanks. the phone call. And, uh, well, now that Jonathan did it, and I can tell you Riley Patterson is not, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Denmark, let's go ahead and do the special teams. 
player of the game every week here on the fifth quarter. We bring it to you. It is brought to you by the McKeever Clinic. Here is the McKeever Clinic special teams player of the game. Now, the special teams player of the game. Brought to you by the urological specialist of McKeever Clinic. When you pin the opponent inside their 20-yard line four times, Logan Mm. Cook was the man today. And Riley Patterson was great, but Coach, Logan Cook is this week's special teams player of the game. No question. It's a no-brainer. You know, the kick that Patterson made was in in constant. It was 28 to 3 when he made it. Right. I think is the word. Uh, I'm not an English major, but I think that's what it is. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, field position is so important in the mm-hmm. game of football. There's no question about it. Uh, you know, so that in itself was was a huge, huge uh, play. Leon, as a player, this game in the rearview mirror, it's now all Tennessee all the time. Is there relief now that you can talk about it. I mean, Trevor Lawrence walking off the field saying, Duval, we need you next week. Obviously, he knew that before this game. You couldn't say it because it was all about Houston, but it's in the rearview mirror. Now it's all about Tennessee. What is that air, that air flight home right now from Houston? There's no relief. There's, there's no relief. There's no waiting to exhale. You, you've got the Tennessee Titans in front of you. you, you the, two, the two teams that you've got to beat out I talked about this earlier, have passed the baton back and forth over this division over the last decade. You just wiped out one of them. Now the Titans stand in your way. A formidable task was a number one seed last year. All right, they might be banged up in So what? I, I, I listen. If you got an issue, go get a tissue. I ain't got to tell you. You got, you got problems. You got guys on injured reserves. So what? When we see you Saturday or Sunday, you're in the way. You're in the way. I don't want to care about your problems. I don't want to hear about your injuries. You come in this house. You come into Jacksonville. You come to get an ass whooping. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about that AFC title game from 2000? Because no, <laughs> you're going to be talking no, about no, that no. all week. I'm, bur- yeah, I'm, I'm still burning. I'm going to have to go see my therapist again this week because of that game. <laughs> he, keep bringing it up. He is Leon Searcy. That's Dave Campo. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. The window, world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. We're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics live at Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill on Edgewood. We're with you at 8 o'clock. The Jaguars, the Titans, next weekend for the AFC South Championship. What a game. What an atmosphere that is going to be as soon as we find out the time for that game. We will pass it along to you here on 1010XL. More to do. Glad you're with us. The fifth quarter rolls on live from Perfect Rack Billiards. Of football. The window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Inside handoff, Snoop Carter into the end zone. Touchdown. Snoop Connor, the first touchdown of his career. The rookie scores, and Jacksonville has extended the lead. Frank Frangi, Jaguars Radio. That was the fourth and final touchdown. The Jaguars scored today in a 31-3 victory over the Houston Texans. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we do give you a drive of the game. The drive of the game is brought to you by Tire Outlet. Denmark, let's do it now. The Tire Outlet drive of the game. Now, the Tire Outlet drive of the game. Tire Outlet, wholesale prices, premium service. 
11 plays, 75 yards, 5 minutes, 32 seconds off the clock, ending in Snoop Connors' first touchdown as an NFL running back, and the Jaguars then took a 28-0 lead. Dave Campo as a head coach who's made many adjustments in the halftime locker room. How does that continue to happen? The Jaguars' point differential in the third quarter are second in the league, only behind Kansas City. Translation? The Jaguars are dynamic in the third quarter. Why do they always seem to make adjustments that work in the halftime locker room? Well, I think that says something about the staff. I think that they have a really good idea, uh, and and I think the defensive, I think the offensive staff has had had the idea of what they need to do to adjust from the from the beginning. I think the defensive staff is starting to get to where they know their players a little bit better, and they're they're starting to make those adjustments as well. It's just, uh, you know, when you go in at halftime, if you, if you know your system and you know what they've hurt you with, you know how to adjust to it. That's why defensively I'm a big proponent mm-hmm. of not doing too much because the more things you do, the more adjustment you have to do, make if, they're, if, you know, if you're having to deal with those things. If you've got a good solid base and you're only doing certain things, it's easy to adjust, and that's what's happening. Yeah, heck, I, I look at that situation like like in boxing with a good cut man, all right? If you're bleeding out in the, in the fight, the cut man comes over there and he tells you, okay, this is what you're doing wrong, this and that. If you're winning the fight, the cut man is inspiring you or what you continually need to do. Depending on whatever the Jaguars are doing, if they're struggling and they're going to halftime, they always come back out, they make their adjustments, and they look well. If they're looking well when they go into halftime, they continue to expand, expand on, that, on what they're doing well and, and they, like like that 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 eleven play drive, that's called a backbreaker. Yeah, right? that's called a backbreaker. When you're up twenty one to nothing, and you go and you get that drive, eleven plays, what seventy five yards and score, game's over. I don't care what you say. That's a backbreaker that that just takes all the win, all the wind and all the sail out of your opponent. To that point, as a former offensive lineman, the Jaguars are good for about one or two of those a game. Against the Jets, it was a 16-play drive. Mm-hmm. Today, an 11-play drive. What is that like as an O-lineman when you're running the ball down their throat and they cannot stop you? Well, what I used to do, I, was, I used to te- tease the defensive linemen because the ones that want to tap out, <laughs> you know, the ones that want to tap out when you got like a nice 10, 11-play, 15-play drive and they want to tap out and leave the game, I used to call them out. I'd say, hey, 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 where you going, where you going, where you going? Because those drives – take the soul out of you, especially when you're running and you're pounding the ball and you're controlling the time of possession and you're converting on third downs and they know what you're going to do and they can't stop you. That takes, like I said, it takes the win and the sell out of any defense. And, you, and then when you accentuate it on top with a touchdown, it makes it, even, it makes it even worse. You know, and Coach, you brought this up earlier. Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram were all paid a good amount of money to come here. And they're all performing unbelievable in the passing game. Those three guys block, man. Ingram, that was one of his knocks in New York because they said he wasn't a great blocker. I mean, Christian Kirk has never been known for blocking. Zay Jones, I have no idea. I would tend to doubt it. But guys that get paid that much money, that come here and are producing in the passing game, but look like they enjoy blocking and are a big part of what the Jaguars are doing in the rushing attack. If you're going to sign players, sign smart, competitive, and guys that, that uh, are team players, character. Those are the three things that I think all those guys you just mentioned have those qualities. So you have to go back to Trent, Trent Balky. 
you have to go back to Doug because I'm sure he was involved in the decision making. When you've got character guys that are smart, they're gonna they're gonna know how to get better and and you can mold them. And that's what's happened with this team in my mind. Six four one ten ten is the phone number of the Jaguars, a thirty-one three winner today over the Houston Texans. To the phone lines we go. Let's go to the south side. Let's get Xavier in here on 1010XL. Xavier, go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? Man, I'm so fired up about this football team hack, man. Like Leon said, exactly that's what the Jaguars need to do. As soon as the Titans step on the field in Everbank, the Jaguars need to hit the Titans straight in the mouth. Exactly what he said. I'm, I'm all for it, big Leon. I'm all for it, man. You know, uh, someone needs to get on the phone with Ric Flair, call Ric Flair, you know, come down to a bank and get everybody fired up. But I know Trevor's got his guys fired up and they're ready to go to war next Sunday, and the bank will be ready to go to war as well. I'll take my comments off the air. Xavier, appreciate the phone call. Here's my – I have a couple concerns, Coach. Here's one of them. Mike Vrabel was coach of the year last year. Mike Vrabel is not dumb, okay? He's not. He understands the situation. So Tennessee, they've had three extra days to get ready. The kitchen sink, the refrigerator, the microwave – they're going to toss it all out there. They're probably going to do things next week. Fake punts. I mean, who knows what Tennessee might do in this game. They're going to have to, and that concerns me a little bit. Well, it, there's always a concern in every ball game, but, uh, again, uh, we got to have the confidence to go in there and do what we're supposed to do, and, and we're a better football team than they are right now. So, what we have to do is worry about not what they're doing, but what we do. No mm-hmm. turnovers, no penalties. You know, we had two penalties today. They had five that hurt them bad. Uh, uh, you know, take care of the football. Those are the kind of things that are going to make the difference in the game. I'm not really worried about what they're going to do. We just have to keep our poise no matter what and just play ball. Leon, you played in three conference championship games. You played in the Super Bowl. I imagine the Jaguar players would love to run through a wall right now and play Tennessee. How tough is it going to be to wait these seven days, I mean, with the anticipation for this game? I mean, it, it may be a, it'll, be, it'll be tough to wait for the games, but, uh, you know, you just got to trust the process, man. Just keep doing what you've been doing, practicing hard, watching film, getting your workout in, getting your rest in. Um, out executing, mistake free, no penalties. If, like Coach said, we're the better team. Just play like it. You play like the better team. You win. Tennessee is going to throw the kitchen sink. You're absolutely right. Derrick Henry might get 40 carries against us. Right? I bet you Derrick Henry uh, throws the ball next week. They'll may, do listen, jump passes. Who he, knows? He might be in a double reverse. It might be in the wildcat. I don't know what he's going to do. It's not going to affect us. And we hold steady to what we do how we've been doing it over the last – the teams that we've beaten, the Cowboys, the Ravens, those Chargers, they're better than Tennessee, all right, and we beat them. So let's just go about our business, handle our business, and then the better team will win on Sunday. Back to the south side we go. Let's get Steve in here on the fifth quarter on 1010XL. Steve, what do you got? What's going on, guys? Hey, Hack. First of all, thanks for having me on the show, man. Uh – I just want to say that next week's game is so personal. Like, I'm ready to play. I'm not playing, but, like, we're ready to go, like, right now. Like, we could go on Thursday. be very interesting to see uh, when they do the time slot for our game. But I just wanted to say, Duval! 
and Packer Nation since 1999. Rock and roll. Love you guys. And, Coach, thanks for always being kind. And, Leon, thanks for being kind, brother. We love you guys. Hey, Steve, appreciate the phone call. Anybody that was in that stadium January 23rd, 2000, it's payback time. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, from a playing perspective, like Leon, Coach, I know you were doing your thing with the Cowboys at the time, but it's funny because I got a bunch of Titan guys that I'm going to have on Hacker After Dark this week, and one of them's a host of a podcast up there. And I was kind of messing with him on Friday during his podcast. I was live, live chatting with him, and I was like, it's payback time for 1999. And he goes, well, how long are you guys going to hold a grudge? Do they not understand? It's been 23 years, but that's all we had here in Jacksonville was that 14-2 and team. And when Eddie George and Jeff Fisher and Steve McNair and all those guys came in here and won that game, anybody that was in that stadium will never forget that feeling. And maybe some of that can be erased a little bit if they knock Tennessee out on Sunday. Not for me. Well, probably not for you. I would, right. I would agree with that if you were played in that game. I mean, the stakes were a lot higher back then. Yeah. But it still feel good that the, the team to beat, to get into the playoffs, is the Titans. I mean, I'll take that all day. It's all absolutely day unreal. And, Coach, you keep saying it. Three and seven. Anybody. And I've heard a couple of people, my buddies, like, oh, yeah, I knew they could make a run. No, you didn't. Nobody at three and seven thought Tennessee Jacksonville in week 18 was going to be for the AFC South Championship. Because guess what? When you were 3-7, and seven, the Titans were 7-3. and three. The division was over. You were down four with seven games to go. And now here we are in this scenario. Well, it went from, as we were talking off the air, it went from, well, now we just got to make sure we continue to improve because it'll be for next year. Then it was, you know, please, we, we got a chance to get a meaningful game in, in December. And now it's, hey, we got a chance to, to go to the playoffs, win the division, not go in as a wild card, go in as a division mm-hmm. winner. And have only your second home playoff game in 22 years. Yeah, now there you go. So, uh, you know, it's really exciting, and we should be excited. Let's go to Melbourne. Let's get another Steve in here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Steve, go ahead. Hey, how you guys doing today? Besides feeling great over the Duval win today. Indeed. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to the guys who played today. We saw uh, Trayvon Walker down on a three-point stance a lot more today uh, besides when he covered. He's got a lot of pressure today. And shout-out to Snoop Connor. Leon, seriously, he ran with some aggression today. I mean, even knocked a guy over going backwards and getting his first touchdown of the day. Oh, man, everybody just played real good, went in there, handled their business, now they're leaving, and, and that's the kind of game we want to have. Hey, Steve, appreciate the phone call. Yeah, Leon, I thought Snoop Connor and Jermichael Hasty, Hasty in particular, both guys look pretty good backing up Travis Etienne. They did, they did. They ran hard. They ran in between the tackles. They finished their runs. Uh, the legs kept churning. They took some shots and fell forward. Yeah, they, they played hard with those football today. One hour down, one hour to go, Jacksonville. We're with you till 8 o'clock. We're glad you're with us. The window world of Northeast Florida. Fifth quarter, we're brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Barry and Barry Orthopedics. And, of course, we're live at Perfect Rack Billiards on Edgewood and Murray Hill. This has been our home all year for the fifth quarter. We absolutely love it. The food is terrific. TV's everywhere. Full bar. We're with you for another hour. Come on out. And say hello. More of your phone calls, and we'll begin again to take a look at the Titans next week here in Jacksonville 
where the AFC South Division Championship will be decided. With Dave Campo and Leon Searcy, the hacker Ryan Green with you here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Putting an extra 60 minutes on the clock. The window world of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Are you ready to talk about that AFC title game from 2000? Because <laughs> you're going to be talking no, about no, that no. all week. I'm, bur- yeah, I'm, I'm still burning you. I'm going to have to go see my therapist again this week because of that game. <laughs> keep bringing it up. Yeah, that's where we are. The Jaguars and the Titans next week for the AFC South Championship here in Jacksonville. We don't know the time yet. I would imagine we'll find out hopefully this evening at the very latest tomorrow. It'll either be Saturday night, Sunday night, or probably 425 Sunday afternoon. There's no way the NFL is going to have a division championship game on at 1 o'clock on Sunday. It is the window world of Northeast Florida. Fifth quarter with Dave Campo and Leon Searcy. The hacker Ryan Green with you. All right, Leon, really quick. We talked about the tackles earlier. Just a quick assessment from you on the offensive line as a whole. Fortner, Brandon Sheriff, all the boys. Obviously, the running game got going today. So on the surface, it appears they played pretty well. Uh, Yeah, they played pretty well. Not only running the ball, but they were effective pass protecting-wise. Uh, Trevor, for the most part, I'm counting. He's got four, five, six seconds to throw the ball. Uh, Travis Etienne on that big, that big run. They're getting to the second level. They're pushing and climbing in between the middle. They're getting to the middle linebacker. They're controlling the one. They're blocking the three. Uh, the tackles are doing what they're doing. But everybody knows that in your running game, your bread and meat of your running game is your guard. And you're centering your two, two guards. The ability to handle the one, the three, and get to the Mike linebacker. They're doing a very, very sufficient job in doing all that. So that's going to be pivotal on our ability to run the ball so we're not one-dimensional and their ability to pass protect, their ability to handle the one, the three, and all the little stunts and stuff that they do, all the twists and stuff they're doing back and forth. So I think the offensive line as a whole is playing well. Continue. Just got to keep getting better, keep getting better. Don't hang your hat on what you did last week. Don't hang your hat on what you did last week. You, you – you keep getting better, keep working on your crap week in and week out. Coach, on the other side of the ball, they affected the quarterback. They affected Davis Mills. Your thoughts on the D-line? Yeah, I think they did an excellent job today. They, they, uh, they're improving. I think that they're starting to do more with the stunt game, the TEs, the ETs. They're, they're getting some pressure. with. Uh, they're moving Walker inside some on third down, mm-hmm. which that's, that's where he's – he could go right now and be really good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, I, I like the pressure they got today. Not a lot of sacks. They had the one sack fumble and another sack. But it, as far as the pressure is concerned, it really affected uh, Davis Mills today. He made some open throws, not even close. So uh, I'm pleased with that, and they're going to have to do the same thing this week. And the left tackle for them is not very good. So we should be able to get some pressure off that left side. And again, understanding it's Houston. They have the number one pick in the draft right now if the draft were held today. But they did shut them down. They did shut the offense down. So the defense, I thought, played very, very well, all things considering. And the Jaguars get it done today, 31-3 to to improve to 8-8 eight eight on the year. Back to the phone lines we go at 641 
10-10 to the north side. Let's get Michael in here on the fifth quarter on 10-10XL. Michael, go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Michael, we're good, man. How are you? Good. I'm going to be quick. Uh, I liked it. Um, I also like the Doug, you know, stress that today was important, even though, you know, weird wild card scenarios made this game not important or whatever. Um, and we still blew them out. So that's what we got to do. I don't have any problem. I don't think there's going to be an issue with these guys getting up. I just want to go bust them in the mouth. I heard Bucky Brooks talking with uh, Josh Allen. They said that when Shaq hit Derrick Henry a couple weeks ago and smacked him, that set the tone. Let's set the tone again. Like Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get hit in the mouth. Bust them in the mouth. Let's go. Let's pack the bank. Duval! Michael, appreciate the phone call. Let me ask both of you guys. I was worried that Dewan Smoot was out for the year. Understanding it was the Texans. Didn't notice his absence today. Caleb on chase on, I thought, played pretty well. Did they miss Smoot today at all, Leon, or is, are they covering up for it as well as they can? Well, I mean, they're covering up for it as well as they can. I mean, they, they miss his leadership. I'm sure they miss his leadership. I mean, uh, Smoot's the type of guy that, um, I mean, he was leading the team in sacks, and he's as effective on the outside as he is on the inside. Um, you, you're going to miss his veteran presence, but the guys that they, that came in did an adequate job. It was good to see Chase on go out there and make a couple of plays, get some pressure, get some pressure around the corner, try to beat the guy inside. So, um, you know, Mike Hallway is going to have to mix and match guys, you know, you know, to keep the def- the offense on his toes. So uh, I think they did a good job at that today. Coach, I did a double take when Caleb on Chase on had a few tackles today. That doesn't happen a whole lot. Your thoughts on his performance? Well, you know, it kind of got me a little bit when he did the dance after the, uh, you know, I mean, come on, He's man. been saving that come one for on, about man. two he, years. Yeah, no kidding. I, you know, we missed Smoot today. I mean, you know, Smoot is, from a competitive standpoint, is mm-hmm. is, is really a good player, character player, uh, relentless, goes as much as he can. You know, the really good defensive lines have, like, for example, I think the defensive line with the Titans is pretty darn good. They've got four guys, Simmons, Walker, Autre, Reaver. All those guys have five sacks or more. So if you lose a five-sack guy, it affects you. But now you have to compensate for that with putting a little bit more pressure out of your linebackers. Whatever you're doing, you've got to compensate that. We don't have those guys. We just got to hope that we can put pressure on them as opposed to sacking. That's that's the key. 6-4-1-10-10 to Buffalo. Let's get our guy Junior in here on 1010XL. Junior, go ahead. Hey, Happy New Year, guys. Um, all I got to say is Duval, baby. I love this team. Huh? I can't tell you how much I love this team. And today, they the ground. The ground game was today. All three tight, all three running backs got a touch, running touchdown. That was awesome to see, especially ETN with that 62 or 65-yard touchdown run. This team is clicking where they should be clicking. They believe everything. They believe the coach. They believe the system. This team, uh, I, I wish I could be there next week, like weekend for that home game. I will want. I want to be there so bad to scream my lungs out. You're gonna have to hear. Uh, you're gonna hear me. Hear me from Buffalo because I'm gonna be screaming my lungs out all the way up here. But I can't wait. This is a great game. This is a great team. I love them. Let's go. I can't wait for next week. We gotta. Tennessee, you're standing on the railroad track, baby, and the tight Jaguar Express is going to run your butt right over. Let's go, Jacksonville. Junior in Buffalo is mm. fired up. Coach, if I'm Mike Vrabel, let me tell you what I'm doing, and you tell me how accurate you think this may or may not be. 
I understand what the fans are going to be like at the kickoff next week. I understand how unbelievably fired up that place is going to be. If I'm Mike Vrabel, I use that against Jacksonville. Screens, a flea flicker, things along those lines. Early in the game, early in the game. Maybe some Jaguar defensive guys are doing things they're not supposed to be doing because of how big the game is. Who side you on, I don't, I'm just asking. <laughs> is that the line of thinking that Mike Vrabel might be used coming into next Sunday? Yeah, I think that they will do some things. You know, one of their best runners has been Burks, you know, with, with some reverses and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think he's uh, he's like 11 uh, yards a carry. You know, he's a good athlete. He's a good player, yeah. Yeah, they'll use some of that stuff. But I'm with Leon. Uh, he's going to come in here, and he's going to say, look, we're more physical than they are and we're going to pound them. And we didn't do enough of it in the first game. Once we got that start going, uh, if we get a start going this year, we're going to try to finish it, you know, in the fourth, third and fourth quarter. Leon, what was your thoughts on them benching Malik Willis? That's what they did. They did not rest Malik Willis. He got benched for a guy in Josh Dobbs that they signed off the Lions practice squad nine days prior to that game against Dallas. So, the kid's confidence, Willis' confidence is gone, I would imagine, getting benched after, what, two starts. They've got to go with Dobbs at this point. I mean, what was your whole thought on that? Well, I mean, the kid, the, the kid Malik Willis, is just not ready. I mean, he was a third-round pick out of, what, Liberty? Yep. All right, and then he's been ineffective throwing the ball. Now he had a couple of little uh, uh, moments when he was running the zone read, and he was kind of effective running the ball, but that stuff only lasts for so long and it fell. This is a this is a vertical lead, and if his inability he had, what, over the last four or five games he threw for under a hundred yards. Hey, you you can't win. You can't wait. At some particular point, the defensive coordinator is going to figure something out. Okay, you can only run his own read so much, and then your inability to throw the ball, you know, is going to you're going to dictate coverage based upon the fact that he can't get the ball downfield. So I mean, I guess they went with Dobbs because he has had some experience. He has played in some games, so they went with him. But, but if you're going, you're going Willis and Dobbs, man. That's like, I, I, oh, it's a terrible, yes, it's a terrible yes, situation. Well, yes. I think they went with Dobbs mainly at that point because uh, uh, Henry wasn't going to play, yeah. so there was no way that that you know they had to get something going. And at least Dobbs threw for some yardage in the game, although his completion percentage was just as bad he was like 50 percent I think Willis was 42 but they threw the ball more because they didn't have Henry I'm not sure how they're going to go this week mm-hmm. but if you know, you're Vrabel if you're Vrabel who do you start well I think it's going to be a run game so I, I if I I'm going with Willis and, and, and Henry wow you know I just think that they they'll run the zone reads and 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 run that big boy yeah I mean the NFL's you know, six weeks ago, if you would have said three and seven Jacksonville to play Tennessee for the division, you would not have believed it. You also would not have believed Josh Dobbs would have anything to do with this. Former Jaguar, who never played here, was on the Detroit Lions practice squad a week and a half ago, and now he might be the starting quarterback for Tennessee in the AFC South championship game. Well, the rocket scientist in him came out because, you know, the guy is a rocket scientist, and he, he obviously is smart enough to learn the playbook. And, uh, and, you know, and, and to do as well as he did. He, did, he was not great by any stretch of the imagination, but he did do some good things. And, you know, you got to give the guy credit for that. His first opportunity to start in six years, he didn't really completely disappoint. Let's quickly go to my neck of the woods, to Mandarin. 
Let's get Simon in here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Simon, go ahead. Thanks, guys. It's the sign man. I just got a quick update. I did it in 17, 2017, and I didn't win because of the Miles Jack thing. Uh, I put some money on the Jaguars in 17, and Calais Campbell told me at training camp as he was signing one of my signs, he said to me, and he looked down on me, and he said, you better get some more. That's 60-1 to because we are going to win the AFC. <laughs> and we came, we came within whiskers of winning. Well, that didn't deter me. Back in July of this year, I sat down and I said, you know what? At 125 to 1, let me put some bank on the Jags. I want to say we can do it. I believe. Let's go. Wow. So the sign man's got all kinds of motivation, not for the Jaguars to only win the division, but to uh, cash in a little bit. Yeah, I kind of regret that. I was in Vegas twice before the season, and I just I couldn't do it. I, and who would have? Do you know you how much you would have been complaining if you oh. did that with, at about eight weeks ago? At three and seven, I would have been inconsolable. No question about that. By the way, looks like we have overtime in one of the late games, the Niners and the Raiders going to overtime right now, all tied up at 34. Uh, more of your phone calls to come. We'll start again. Tennessee, Jacksonville. We keep looking to see when the game will be announced, what day, what time. As soon as we get that, we'll let you know right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. We'll give you a play of the game, and we'll keep it going. Live at Perfect Rack Billiards up until 8 o'clock tonight as the Jaguars have gone from 3-7 and seven to now 8-8 eight and eight and one home win away from an AFC South Division Championship. With Dave Campo and Leon Searcy, the hacker Ryan Green with you here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. This is the window world of Northeast Florida, fifth quarter, live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill, presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. Jags start from their 38. They go left to right here, inside handoff, Travis Etienne. He's in the open field, 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, Touchdown, Travis E-T-N. Frank Frangie on the call, Jaguars radio. That was earlier this afternoon, 62 yards for Travis E-T-N, his fifth rushing touchdown of the year. Every week here on the fifth quarter, we give you a play of the game. That play of the game is brought to you by Performance Painting. Denmark, let's do it now. The Performance Painting play of the game. Now, the performance painting, high-performance play of the game. Performance painting, prepare, protect, preserve. Coach, I asked Leon about this earlier. Let me ask you the same question. There's no doubt ETN went through a little bit of a lull in the last few weeks, but in the last week or two, it looks like he's regaining the form that he had at the middle point of the year. He had 140 yards from scrimmage in one half today including that 62-yard touchdown. Yeah, you know, the guy's a good player, and he's just going to get better. You know, a lot of it is, is, you know, experience of, you know, this is a different game now. This is the first one where I, where I saw him get into the secondary and then all of a sudden accelerate and run by everybody. You know, he had two guys that could have made the tackle on him on that one, and he ran right in between both of them. And that's what I remember back when I was at the University of Pittsburgh in my first Division One job, Notre Dame, 
had two safeties, two of them that played in the NFL, were converging on Tony Dorsett, and he ran right in between them and, and for about 60 yards. That's what it reminded me of, and he ran away from everybody. And Leon, I'm not making the comparison that they're the same caliber player, but when you played, one day it might have been the Keenan McCardell game. Then the next week it might have been the Fred Taylor game. Then the next week it might have been the Jimmy Smith game. You look here, who are the Titans planning for next week? Are they planning to stop ETN? Are they planning to stop Christian Kirk? Are they planning to stop Evan Ingram? Are they planning to stop Zay Jones? By the way, Marvin Jones had six grabs for 60-plus yards today. The Jaguars, what they lack in the quote-unquote number one wide receiver, they got four or five guys on this team that on any given Sunday, they could have a big day like ETN had today. Well, listen, it's Doug Peterson. It's called spreading the wealth. When you've got all you've got all these playmakers on your team, you never know. As a defensive coordinator, you've got to figure out who the game plan again. And that's a good thing. In the same way, when I was playing with the Jaguars, when we had all that amazing talent on our team, who are you going to game plan against? Jimmy, Keenan, Kyle Brady, Fred Taylor, Mark Brunel, Who? All right, because we had we had the pleth- we had a, a, a pantheon of just talent. Same way here, you got guy, you got Ingram, you got Jones. You know, you, you've got Christian Kirk. I mean, you've got ATN. you got Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, that's a listen, that's a good problem to have when you've got all these amazing weapons on your team and the coordinator has to figure out who's going to be the, who's going to be the front runner this, uh, in this game. And more than likely, it's usually two or three players. So that's a good thing for the Jaguars. They have this pantheon of all this talent. A couple of pieces of business today too, Coach. Um, Today, with Evan Ingram, with that 16-yard catch, he set a new single-season franchise record for receiving yards by a tight end, passing Leon's former teammate Kyle Brady. Evan Ingram now has 729-plus yards, the most ever in a single season, by a Jaguar tight end. And Christian Kirk hit the 1,000-yard mark today, which only six – oh, he's the sixth Jaguar wide receiver in franchise history to have 1,000 receiving yards. Trent Baalke did something right this offseason. Those guys have come in, and they have performed. Well, we knew they improved the group. Uh, you know, it was it, the question was how much did they improve the group? And I think some of that is not only their abilities that are starting to show up, but it's the, it's the quarterback. You know mm. I mean? It's, it's, it's a two-way street there, you know, and, and – a lot of it is if you got your running game going, it opens up some guys. So it's a lot of team involved in that as well. And that's what I like about this team. Uh, you know, what Leon just said, this is a committee. You know, I don't think that they game plan one guy. I, I th- you know, I talk about the offense, our offense. I think mm-hmm. they're, they're running plays that they think will attack defenses, and the quarterback is getting better distinguishing where he should go with the ball under those circumstances, and guys are getting open. 641-1010 is the phone number. If you want to get involved in the fifth quarter, you are more than welcome to do so. We're with you till 8 o'clock. Let's go to the north side. Let's get Corey in here on 1010XL. Corey, go ahead. What's up, Packer? How are you guys doing tonight? Corey, we're good, brother. How are you? Oh, dude, I'm fantastic. I feel so great, man. Um, I feel like this is similar to the 2017 season, but we're peaking at the right time. I feel like our defense, we've been having stellar individual performances until these last, like, two or three weeks, and now it's finally clicking. Um, Like you guys were saying, we have so many dogs on the D-line, 
it's like, who are you going to double or who are you going to try to chip? So, and I think uh, he talked about it earlier this week. Everyone, everybody's hot at a different time. So everybody's getting after the quarterback. And Devin Lloyd is coming into his own as a rookie. So I'm just super excited to see what this defense has. Our offense has been clicking for the last, I don't know, eight games. And I just need Trevor to keep riding and playing the game that he's playing. Um, love these guys. And I want a big Duval. Let's go get the Titans, baby. I'll see you all next week. Hey, Corey, appreciate the phone call. Leon, let me ask you about two defensive guys that admittedly I thought had not earned their money up until probably the last six to eight weeks, this winning streak. Rayshon Jenkins and Roy Robertson-Harris are both playing their best football as Jaguars. Why, in your opinion, in the last, I guess, two months, has 95 and number two really come into their own? Well, I mean, they had to, in my opinion, they had to justify, first of all, the money and the signing. All right, but that has nothing to do with the game. Maybe the coordinator just simplified things. Maybe he just made it easier for his guys to make plays. Maybe early on with all the struggles they were having, you know, things were too difficult. He said, listen, I've got guys, athletic guys on this team. I'm going to make things simple and let them go out there and play. And they've both been outstanding. Ro Robinson-Harris, his ability to, to push the pile on the run is his way to push the pile on the pass. Rayshon Jenkins from the U, by the way, yeah. is a headhunter. He's a, he, he, listen, he's the epitome of the University of Miami. He's going to talk junk. And but he was talking junk like last year, earlier this season, but wasn't backing it up. Now he's talking junk, he's talking smack, and he's backing it up. And he's an enforcer on, on in the run game, having that safety down. He's an enforcer on the run game. And he's just as and he's just as as as, as pivotal as he is or, or essential in the secondary breaking up passes. I mean the two interceptions against the Cowboys. who was that against the, the Cowboys, Cowboys and yeah. the Pick Six? Come on now. That's classic. And, Coach, you mentioned this guy earlier off-air. Darius Williams, admittedly, did not have a very good start to the year. He has come on in a big way as of late as well. Yeah, we know, moving him outside, and he's playing outside all the time now, which is, you know, which is really good. Uh, That, you know, it's a little easier out there, except that you're on some guys that can fly. So you got to make sure your technique is good, that you don't get run by. And that's an issue that he has. He doesn't have... Super speed. He doesn't have the same speed as Campbell does, for example. But he's comfortable out there. That nickel position is a different cat in there. And uh, I think since they moved him outside and he's, he's zeroed into that, I think he's playing pretty darn well. 6 4 one, 10, 10 to the state of Alabama. Let's get Albert in here on 1010XL. Albert, go ahead. Hey, thank you guys for taking my call. Really appreciate it, Mr. Cersei. As always, it's an honor, Coach Brian. Look, uh, man, you got me fired up talking about this whole 1999 stuff, man. Um, I'm never going to forget that. You know, uh, you know what I hope happens, and it looks like it could very well happen. I, I hope we actually, you know, have the shot to make the wild card, and um, but we win anyways. That way, the Titans know that we could lose and still make it, and you know. But knowing that they're not going to make their playoffs, I hope they know that that for us, it's not going to matter win or lose, but we're still going to win just so they don't make the playoffs. And you know what? That'll, Like you said, that'll just soften the blow just a little bit, but it'll never make up for that 1999 season, especially, 
especially, oh God, those Rams. You know, Kurt Warner owes his entire career to those 1999 stupid Titans because we would have whooped the ever-living crap out of those stupid. We were we we should have been Super Bowl champions that year. I'm yeah, sorry, I you got me fired. Appreciate the phone up. call, man. Uh, Leon, your thoughts? Um, yeah, we should have beat the Titans, and um, I thought we had the better team. Uh, as far as the Super Bowl goes, I think the greatest show on turf. I think we would have stood toe to toe with them uh, as far. But this win Sunday. Uh, I'm calling it a win. This win Sunday. You're going Saturday. Joe Namath on us uh, already? Yes, this win wow. Sunday or Saturday, wherever we do. I mean, it, it still doesn't crystallize the fact that we that game against the Titans cost us a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right? So, as much as we want to put, uh, you know, uh, a silver lining on this game when we win, it, it's still that game is still devastating. Although, it, it will, I will have a, a great deal of satisfaction knowing that we beat the Titans and they go home and they have no opportunity to make the playoffs when we beat them on Sunday. And the wild card thing, i got to get all the particulars. Look, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't either. Because the wild card, the the only way you make the wild card is if you lose to the Tennessee Titans. No, we're not talking about that. I I think, and I don't even know this, I think Pittsburgh has to lose at least one of their next two. Miami would have to lose next week, and New England would have to lose next week. That's nonsense. Who gives a flying rat's A about the wild card? Go beat Tennessee, win the division, and have a home playoff game. I can tell you from experience, the only way to get things done in this league, percentage-wise, is to control your own destiny. Yeah. If you're worried about other guys helping you get in, I'm telling you, just when you think you're in, you're out. Just when you think you're out, you're in. That's not the way to go. Take care of your own business. Win the games you're mm-hmm. supposed to win, and then that's it. We got in. T- two more phone calls tonight. Savannah Jag and Kyle and Ponavidra. Let's knock them out really quick. Savannah Jag, you're on the fifth quarter. What's going on? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Yes, I was just uh, saying how, uh, added to the fact of what you are saying, that they had way more um, people to worry about than we do. All we have to worry about is Big Henry. But uh, he, he was getting a lot of yards on the last time we played him in the first half. But the second half, we pretty much shut him down. And we did that by Big Roy jumping on his back. So now that we know how to stop him, we're going to have this uh, stadium rocking. And we're going uh, <laughs> to have a ball. So I'm going to be there. And um, I'm, I, can't, I just can't wait. So Duval, I'll be there. Savannah Jack, appreciate it. I'm trying to think which is sometimes a dangerous proposition for me. <laughs> but I'm trying to think when the last time the Jaguars even had a primetime home football game. You have to go back maybe to Gardner Minshew's rookie year. What would that have been, 2019 against the Titans in week three? Does that sound right? They didn't have no. one in 2020. No. They didn't have one in 2021. We haven't had one. I think you got to go back to week three in 2019. When the Jags were like 0-2 going into that game anyway. And Gardner Minshew, or it might have been 2020, regardless. you got to go back minimum three years, three calendar years, to even the last primetime game. Not to mention the fact that all that's going to be on the line here, Leon. So I cannot imagine the atmosphere, potentially, depending on the time, at TIA Bank Field next weekend. It doesn't matter. Uh, the game Saturday, Sunday, we're at 4 o'clock. 
eight o'clock. We need a we need a we need a full house. We need the advantage going into the game. I want whoever's starting at quarterback, Malik Willis, Dobbs, whoever, I want them to absolutely not be able to hear anything. I want them to go silent count, which gives us a clear cut advantage. And get I want them to have to huddle up, can't hear that that what what's the purpose of us having this kind of clear cut advantage if the crowd isn't in our favor? We need the bank to be full, full, 68, 70, whatever, how many thousands we needed full to the capacity. We want to make sure, especially for them offensively, they can't communicate, you get false starts, you got silent count, all that plays into our favor. There's going to be a lot of people at that stadium next weekend. There's no doubt about that. Let's get one more caller in, then we'll come back and put a wrap and get ready for Tennessee next week. Kyle and Ponavita, you're the last one in tonight. What's going on? How are you guys doing? Kyle, we're good, man. What's on your mind? Well, I, I really love the fight this team has shown because, as you guys have said, there's been multiple times this season where we could have easily thrown in the towel if it was early in the year on our losing streak or after losing to Detroit. But I love how this team, like, picks their head up and keeps moving on. Like it, I mean, it can go anywhere in life. I mean, it, not everything's going to work in your favor, but it's how you continue after that. And for what it's worth, I saw somewhere online that NBC has bought a bunch of like hotel rooms. I don't know if they do it in a bunch of cities, but I don't know if that could lead to anything. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I would have to imagine we're going to find out either tonight or tomorrow afternoon. I, I think it's going to be Sunday night. Whether it's Saturday night or Sunday at 425, it doesn't matter. Win the game, win the division. That's all that matters. Coach, you mentioned this earlier quickly. All the free agents that were brought in, you said earlier, I think you're spot on. The biggest acquisition of them all was Doug Peterson. Yeah, I I think uh, he was perfect for this situation. You know, we felt that, uh, you know, in the discussions we had back when all this was going on, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, whether it was uh, Byron Leftwich or whether it was this guy or that guy, right along, I've, I've always felt that this they needed a steady hand with the way this thing has gone, mm-hmm. especially last year. And, you know, I don't know that we could have done a better uh, job than having Doug Peterson come in here, especially with the quarterback situation, getting the number one pick. Mm-hmm. There's no question that he had automatic cred with Trevor mm-hmm. right from the beginning. And and the way he put his staff together, bringing in quarterback guys that have cred, you know, that's that's really important. It's all about how you view the guy that's teaching you. You know, the, coaching is about sales, guys. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that right now. You're, you're selling yourself, your your system, your team, you know, your, your uh, ability to call plays, all those things you're selling. And the cred you have coming in makes a difference. And he had it, and he's got a steady hand. Everything is the same with him, whether you win or lose. Mm-hmm. And, and I only saw him, I only saw him one time where he got a little jittery with that, in that gunfight, and that was after the Denver game. And I think he pulled himself together, and he said, okay, guys, here's what we need to do. And that's when it made the change with the quarterback, especially. By the way, rumors are beginning to fly. Mio O'Brien of 1010XL is one of them on, on social media. Nothing official yet, but keep in mind, Detroit Green Bay might be for one of the wild cards. And Aaron Rodgers being the draw might be trending towards Sunday night football being in Green Bay, which I would be fine with. 
Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are doing a Saturday night game on ESPN and ABC. That could be the Jaguars-Titans or Jim Nance and Tony Romo at 425 on Sunday afternoon. To me, and again, maybe I'm overthinking this, give me Saturday night or Sunday afternoon. I don't want to play Sunday night. If you win, maybe you have to turn around and play Saturday. Gives you a day less. I'd much rather play on Saturday night, have a full week to get ready for the playoff game. Again, I could be overthinking it, but that's just my initial thoughts. Once it's a certainty, we will certainly let you know. We'll be back to wrap it up. Final thoughts from today and a look ahead to Jacksonville and Tennessee. One more segment to go on the fifth quarter here on 1010XL, 92.5 FM live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. The Window World of Northeast Florida fifth quarter. Live from Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill. Presented by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics on 1010XL. All right, putting a wrap on the fifth quarter here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM live at Perfect Rack Billiards in Murray Hill on Edgewood with Dave Campo and Leon Searcy. Final thoughts, Coach, we'll begin with you from 3-7 and seven to 8-8 eight and eight in a division championship game next weekend. Your thoughts on where the Jaguars are and on the game next week. Well, first of all, as a fan, I'm, I'm really, honestly, I'm proud of this football team to what they've been able to accomplish and, and the direction that they're going in, not only for this year, but for next year and the year after going forward. I think they've made tremendous progress, but I'm not satisfied, and that's exactly the way they should approach this football game. Uh, they should be proud of what they've done, and and but not be satisfied. Let's go, let's go take another step and win this one this weekend. Leon, what an atmosphere it should be next week, regardless of when the game is. A win, and you get a division championship. You get a home playoff game. What a week it'll be here in Jacksonville, leading up to this ball game. Well, heck, I'm like that Drake song. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> All right. Started from the bottom, now we're here. All right, this team, this team started at three and seven, and scratched and bit and fought and fight to the point where they got themselves in a position where they're playing for the AFC Divisional Championship. I mean, they should be proud of themselves. Uh, they should be enthralled at the opportunity. They should be grateful for the opportunity. Now, go so, go do something about it. Go do something about it. Don't be satisfied. Don't hang your hat on what you did in the past. That don't matter. What you do moving forward is more important than what you did in the past. Don't hang your hat on your accolades, your press clippings, everybody saying how wonderful you are. You got another team that's in the way. The Tennessee Titans are in your way. All right? They are, they, they've been your nemesis for the last two, two to three decades. Go out there and punch them in the mouth. Beat the bully. Take the division. Don't ask for it. Snatch it. Don't ask, Kick down the door. Don't ring the doorbell. Kick down the door. Take the division and get yourself ready to win a playoff game in Jacksonville a week after that. That's awesome. You'll hear Leon every day here on XL Primetime beginning Tuesday, tomorrow, 1010XL. Uh, all the shows will be off for the New Year's uh, day off. The New Year's is a holiday, if you will, but starting Tuesday through Friday, Leon on XL Primetime. Leon, I'll also talk to you on Hacker After Dark. Sounds good, bro. Head coach Dave Campo, I will talk to you on Hacker After Dark this week as well, my friend. Looking forward to it. Always enjoy the head coach. Always enjoy the Pro Bowler. I'm the Hacker Ryan Green. Thank you to Perfect Rack Billiards on Edgewood and Murray Hill. 
our home for the fifth quarter. Delicious food, full bar, TVs everywhere. We love it out here. You will too. It's the place to watch Jaguar football. And again, the window world of Northeast Florida. Fifth quarter, we have been brought to you by Eastern Roofing Company and Dr. George Bari and Bari Orthopedics. Graham Marsh has been your engineer. Dylan Denmark has been your producer. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Jacksonville and Tennessee for the AFC South next weekend. We'll talk to you on Tuesday here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Good night, everybody.